Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. The life of the spirit moving within us causes an impulse to innovate. My name is Ron Huntley and I'm your host today and that is probably one of my favorite lines from this interview you're going to hear from a dynamic duo from St. John, Indiana. Enjoy today's episode. Lift off and the clock has started. Today's guest I met at an amazing parish conference in Texas. We bumped into each other, we sat down, we had a conversation that began to change my life. These guys are fun, they're engaging. Uh, Father Sammy Maletta is the pastor at St. John the Evangelist Parish in St. John, Indiana, and with him today is Khalil Hattar, the Pastoral Associate of Minister- Administration. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks. Hey, Ron. Thanks Great for having us. us. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna have a lot of fun today. Listen, you guys are in the heat of not only doing parish, but dreaming parish of what it can do, what it can be, and really leaning into it from a vision perspective. Let's discuss. I want to hear from you guys. Father Samuel, let's start with you. What's the hope for the parish, for your parishioners, and the impact you guys want to have? Wow. Um, it sounds kind of simple, but I just want to draw them closer to Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the, the focus Amen. of what we're doing. We, uh, we got a little tagline, which is our vision statement or mission statement. I never get those things straight. They're all confusing. <laughs> yeah. Be disciples, make disciples. Yeah, it's, it's literally <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. It's, it, we've got it all over the place. But that really, um, in a nutshell, is, is to stay focused on that. And whatever we do, the goal of what we do is to bring people to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Amen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to piggyback off that, but I first Please. want to say, Ron, how excited we are for you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. And this is awesome, man. This platform is, uh, you want to talk about making disciples. We're excited for you. We're excited for people who come across your platform. Hopefully that help introduce people to Jesus, help yeah. make those disciples. Because yeah. you're a life changer. You are. So you, you are started by changer. saying we changed your life. Yeah. Vice versa. It yeah. goes both ways. I yeah. love it. So yeah. we're really excited to be able to, to know you, to work with you. I highly recommend you to anybody. Yeah. Um, what Father was saying, what we try to do here at the church, we just want to introduce people to Jesus, right? If we know, love, and serve the Lord, what moves us as right. people, but as a community, is just to introduce you to our Lord and Savior and friend, Jesus Christ, and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Right. I love that. And you know what I think is cool about that is you guys are totally underselling yourselves, and I'm calling you out on it. You don't just want to do that. That is absolutely what you want to do. And what I love about you guys, you know that it starts there. And if it doesn't start there, it's not going to make any difference. But your vision is way bigger than just introducing because you guys want to have an impact. I know you do. That's why I'm so drawn to you guys. You believe that people inspired and filled with Jesus and the Holy Spirit will make a difference. And you guys are trying to shepherd that difference, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I, I think in a, in a variety of ways. First of all, just look at what's going on in the church today. And if we don't do something in, in a couple of generations, we'll be extinct, right? So there is an urgency for us to get our act together. 
And, and I think part and parcel of that real, really important part is this whole journey that we've been taking really starts inside your own soul. I mean, you can't be going out making disciples if you're not a disciple yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen this transformation within our staff. We were just talking about this this morning. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, our staff is phenomenal. I mean, we've done some amazing things. It's taken work to get to it. Yeah, well, for sure. But we're, knock on wood, I just hope that, it stays with the spirit. The Holy Spirit's been really, really good to us. But we also talked today, actually, in our leadership group. You know, there's a lot of wrongs in the world, mm-hmm. and part of what we have to be about is articulating uh, the Catholic social teaching. We have to be not simply saying it intellectually, but with our hands and feet, actually doing that work. And so, like I said, we just had this conversation today. Yeah. To speak and be Jesus in, in the culture and in the world today. Yeah. One of the things that you guys are doing, well, there's so many things. I, I probably have to get you back five or six times to even give people a taste of, of, of the passion that you guys are unleashing in your church. But, you know, this whole uh, SJE plus, like what, what's that all about? Talk to me about that. <laughs> Ron, he, you know, that's a question that gets me yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me start by this. I, I got a flyer. Okay. Somebody visited a church in Texas, a Protestant church, a mega church, and they came up with this, you know, they have an online church in, a, in, a, in the Pew Church. And so I said, well, why can't we do that? So I have this idea that we would have an iChurch. Okay, now, that little kernel of concept was then handed over to this brilliant man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then now you can talk this. I can talk about SJ plus till I'm blue in the face and you don't have enough digital space to, to keep up with all this stuff <laughs> and might not all be good. What I want to say first, Ron, is the, how grateful and indebted I am to Father Maletta and to Father Mallon and really any pastor out there, any bishop out there who invites, empowers, and equips lay people, men and women like myself, to be a part of the church. And so before we talk about SJ Plus, which trust me, we will, since you brought it up, I'm never going to turn the opportunity to, yeah. yeah. But it's got to start with, if Father didn't have the idea, and if he didn't ask me to be a part of his team and trust me to, to really take that idea and to speak into it, right? It was his vision. But for me to be able to speak into it for the rest of our team, right, we've got multiple people that are part of this project, be able to have them speak into it as well and to bring their talents and gifts and how the Lord's moving in their lives, and to do something with it, right? That's the future of the church. Father was saying, you know, the church is never going to go extinct. But what do we mean by that? Do we always want to just rise to the level of mediocrity? What do we want to define us? What we're about here, and what SJE Plus is, this is the transition. I don't want to go too long. Very clever, wanna, very clever. You don't have to explain transitions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, wow, this guy's just going. <laughs> yeah, this guy's just going. So we are transitioning. <laughs> Thank you, man. See, he's always complimented me. Uh, we want to introduce you to Jesus, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. We want to inspire you to innovate. We want to inspire you to look at your life in a new way. We want to inspire you to look at how you live your life, how you approach your family, your relations, your work environment, how you approach your church, how we as ministers in the church approach the, the opportunities and challenges of today. Just the inspiration, that's the Holy Spirit moving and living and working through you 
encouraging you to meet and rise up to today's challenges. Mm-hmm. And so SJ plus is kind of the fruit of that. We're kind of seeing that more people are outside of the church than inside of the church. Can't just wait for Sunday for them to be here. And so how do we go to them, right? How do we overcome any, any obstacles of the heart? Maybe they're not ready to be in church. Maybe they've been hurt by church. How do we overcome obstacles of, of geography, right? Maybe they just can't get to where we are, but what we have here can really help and speak to them. Maybe you're another church and you're looking for inspiration. You're looking, maybe, is there another church out there doing something similar to what we want to do? Can we learn from another church? How can we share our experience and what it is right. that we're doing here with them? Right. Getting online, having that sort of platform just really opens up so many doors, introduces you to so many people. So that's the elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, as you're saying that, what I'm hearing, and I'm sure that people are listening right now, can you hear the hunger in these two men? Like, it's, it's, it's so attractive. Like, you guys are hungry for impacting lives with Jesus, and it's contagious. Like, it really is. And, you know, I want, I want to talk, because the word you use there, I think, is really important, innovation. I mean, so many places, so many churches are afraid to try something new because wonder if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just in business practices, you've got to, got to face this reality. I don't know if you agree with me, but I've learned far more by my mistakes than I ever have by my successes. Mm-hmm. So consequently, I'm not afraid to try stuff, okay? And the reality is I can't do it by myself. Amen. And I'm not meant to do it by myself. And so I don't need this to drive a wall between me and the talent that the Holy Spirit is calling to accomplish this. Mm-hmm. So innovation is something the church has always done. And you're very eloquent on this. So talk about how the church has been innovative. And for those who are just listening to this, Father pointed to his caller, which is key. Yeah, it's right? that's, that's kind of what this, this goes into. The church from the beginning, and Ron, forgive us, because I know you've heard me say this before, but just to share this, like the church from our very inception, even before then, but from our very inception, we always innovated because innovation is the life of the spirit moving within us, compelling us to go out and introduce others to Jesus and to give the spirit, the spirit, the opportunity to really take hold in other people's lives. And so from the beginning, what did we do? right? St. Paul used Roman roads. He went out to, to the ends of the earth um, at the time, right? That was going to Rome was, was the big thing. That was an innovation to be able to do that. Uh, you look throughout our history, right? Who printed the first book, right? It was the Bible, right? That was an innovation. You look at the building of all these great monuments. You go, you go to Europe, all these churches, all these amazing things, all the skills and talents that were brought into it, metallurgy, stained glass, all cutting edge stuff. You look at science, understanding God's creation, genetics, that was all part of who we are as church, innovating, wanting to understand God's creation, wanting to make it accessible to other people. Orphanages, hospitals, I mean, just go on with all the, the list different of universities and schools. Wh- whether people recognize it or not, the role of women. Mm-hmm. I mean, the church has created rules and laws to protect women, to enhance the, um, the dignity of women. So all this has been going on in the church for years and years. And all of a sudden, everyone's kind of like, nobody wants to rock the boat. Nobody wants to, which is really funny. You kind of see there's all this innovation, innovation, innovation. Mm -hmm. But then we got comfortable. And when Vatican II happened, which really should have opened the doors and the windows of the church, 
this new infusion of the spirit, this new impulse to innovate, never kind of dismissing where we came from, appreciating it, but saying, how is this relatable to the person of today? That's when stuff kind of like stopped. It was a culmination, but that's when it kind of stopped. And so we kind of got complacent with, this is my local church. It's at the end of my block. And we always do this St. Joseph thing every year. And there's this procession that happens. And yeah. I have to go to mass on Sunday. Like it just became cultural. And we were talking again this morning about kind of Christendom, that culture of just, we're, we're Catholic. This is what we do. But why do we do it? That, that impulse that St. Paul had, we kind of lost touch with that. We're about trying to move from that Christendom concept, culture, to apostolic. That's, that's our goal. Recapturing the drive, right? Because yeah. the Spirit's always wanting to drive. Yeah. But people come to, to St. John the Evangelist, and I just heard this last week. I actually anointed someone. They were sure. The first time we came here, we didn't know it was a Catholic church. People were happy. <laughs> they were singing and responding you hear that all the time yeah, and clapping their hands and everyone was so welcoming it was so i mean there's there's things that are a consequence of having a relationship with jesus that changes people and when you put that enough you get like a um, critical mass of people doing having that same experience then there are consequences in terms of how that community reflects, how that community reaches out, how that community engages, especially visitors, people who are on the outside, and how that community pulls people into, they want that same experience. So what we want to be a part of, and um, for anybody who's watching, listening, the excitement is really just because we're super excited. (laughs) It's not meant to put anybody off. We're not boasting on ourselves. What we're really excited about is that you're partnering with us. (laughs) Really can't wait for this to happen. So I don't know if you want to explain to people what we're going to do together. Well, this is your guys' craziness again, but we had an opportunity, didn't we, to, to connect through coaching. Right. And that coaching experience for me has been a treat. Like you guys jack me up when I meet with you guys and your team Oh, I just see so much capacity. I see so much desire, so much hunger, so much faithfulness, so much mutual respect. And, uh, and yeah, so as things transitioned for me, uh, you guys, Khalil, in a conversation. Uh, <laughs> Talk about like a spirit-led moment. Yeah, yeah you tell, tell the story better tell, than I do. Tell, tell them about how that happened. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell the details, but maybe I will. But, oh, my gosh, it was funny. As soon as Khalil heard, well, you and I were meeting just one-on-one. Yeah, and uh, is said, oh, wait a minute, Ron, I want to be the first. To, this is how I remember it. You might remember it differently, so please uh, give your version too. But Ron, um, I want to put our I want to put our name in the hat right away. Like if things are shifting for you, uh, we want to offer you a job. We mm-hmm. want you to move here. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like I'm just explaining to you the transition. And I was totally taken back, but not surprised because you guys are the right kind of crazy. Like, I love your passion. I love your willingness to, to think big, to do big things. And, and, and he uh, told the pastor the next day. <laughs> that's just it. That's hey, by the way, I, I offered Ron Huntley a job here. <laughs> uh, so that really, this is a great story. I'm glad this was brought up. This is a great story that recaps all that stuff. If I, Ron, I, I probably never shared this with you. As you and I are talking, I'm having this like internal dialogue with God and with myself. Like, do I do this? This is kind of crazy. Why would he want to come to St. John? 
would father let me do this? I think father be cool. So the whole time you're talking, I'm just going schizo here. But the fact that I know he trusts me enough to say, to make a proposition like that and to really just kind of like go on the, on the limb here and trust the spirit and say, you've got to come here. Like, this is too good of an opportunity. You're doing, obviously the, the spirit's anointed you. You've got gifts that are God given and where you come from, what you bring, we want, we want to be a part of that. And uh, that really kind of, yeah, it was no, no brainer. Mm -hmm. So he told me, I was so amused because it just kind of, it kind of captures our relationship. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the trust that's, that's there. And I think that's what you and father Mellon had was that, you know, I'm certainly not James Mellon. I mean, he's way smarter than I am, but. You know, I've got my Ron Huntley. <laughs> Who's way smarter than I am. <laughs> I think. Well, we're like, we're the life version. We're like the bee. You know, <laughs> the sugar free. <laughs> that, that is so not true. I look at you guys and I see the mutual respect you have for each other and the trust you have for each other. And you do remind me a lot of Father James and I. And I was saying before we started the show today that when we had our first conference, Father James, uh, we were talking about the keynotes that we were going to give. And uh, one of the keynotes he really wanted to give was he wanted people to see our relationship. And his method for doing that really makes me smile because I just love that guy. But he said, uh, he said, we're going to talk about these topics that I think we called it the next chapter, things we've learned since he'd written the book because we're learning all the time. And he said, we're going to talk about these general principles, but we're not going to plan our talk. I want us to do it in real time so that we'll have to read each other's body language. And I know we'll, we'll butt in on each other respectfully and, and, but it will be a, an incarnation of our relationship right in front of everybody. So we're not going to rehearse it. And that just cracked me up because he's so like, that's such an adventure. Like not many people would be crazy enough to do that. You invite the world there and you're really going to make well, not the spot. Not that we totally made it up. We had an outline, but we did. And somebody said to me, and I shared this with you, after at one point they said, I can't be a father, James Mallon, but I can find my Ron Huntley. Hmm. And I thought there's so much to that because your quote unquote Ron Huntley is really the person that complements your gift skills is aligned with you for vision and passion and purpose. And you can speak into each other and disagree on tactics so that you can make the best possible decisions without getting caught up in the drama of, you know, too much of the second guessing and relationship stuff. And I really, I look at you guys and I see that. And I think the relationship that you guys have is not only important to each other, but it's important to your team and probably very important to your church. Is that fair? Oh, I think so. Oh yeah. 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 How did you guys meet? What did that look like? Uh, Interview. Cool. we, I decided that for an assistant, personal assistant, that I would be looking at seminarians, former seminarians, because they come with all the formation and the theological training, et cetera. Just seemed like a no-brainer. He had taken, he left right in his diaconate year. Mm-hmm. So he was right just right before he was going to be ordained. Mm-hmm. So I think it was only a couple of weeks after you made that, you discerned out. So he showed up for an interview and I looked on paper and I saw Khalil Hattar. Khalil, how do you say that? Khalil? What? I thought we're, we're hiring an, an Arab for my assistant. How is that possible? So we went through several, you know, how those things go. Not now 
just to tell you how much stuff has changed around here. I'm not involved in interviews anymore. Right. I don't get involved in that. But this, at that point, I was still doing the interviews. And Khalil walked in and there was an immediate, for me, an immediate connection. And I said, I offered him the job right there on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> no time, like for time to think and pray about it. Like, yeah, you got half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. I'm pretty aggressive that way. And I had five interviews lined up, right? I was like, I had a couple yeah, parishes. Yeah, this yeah. is my first one. It was the closest one to home. And I just loved, I love the, defi- the decisiveness. Yes. And everything else. I mean, I met with yeah. Chris, who's on our team. Yeah, uh, she's great. great. I met with Scott, who was on the team at the time. And then you look at this parish and what they're doing. You can't but just say like, okay, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And it's been great. I, I said this morning, this sounds real. I, I'm almost hesitant to say this, but because it sounds so arrogant. But so often in the past, I've always felt that I have worked for or worked with people who were less than me, hmm. who weren't as smart, didn't have the vision. I'm constantly pushing and prodding and trying to get with Khalil. I found somebody who's smarter than I am, who's better than I am. Yeah, he says no, but no. it's true. He's a better man for saying that. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just so true. I mean, well, thank you, we, we make this perfect partnership. And that's how I think every priest looks for you want to call it the Ron Huntley effect or whatever, but it's the it's the partnership. It's someone to share ministry with that you can trust and who brings the best out of you. I mean, my background being Italian and Irish, I'm quick. I'm I'm a prophet. Uh you know, that's my number one on the APEST is and so I really feel that God speaks to me and you better listen. And that's how it goes. <laughs> he is high prophet. You're apostolic, I think, apostolic number one. Yeah. And um, he just brings a calm. He's the things that I'm not, he is. Mm. And I think hopefully some of the things that you're not, I'm, I am. So it's this perfect uh, marriage. And I think it does filter down to the staff. Because that becomes the model for all of us to have that similar kind of relationship. So, Love that. I'm going to pick for any of those uh, that have um, worked with me in the past. When you said filter down, I always say percolate up. Okay. Uh, upside down pyramid, right? The whole yeah. support thing. Yeah. But I know what you're getting at. And, and I love that. And I believe that to be true. And it's fun to watch you guys together. I, I, again, I remember meeting the... I, I, if I was a good artist, I could literally draw where we were sitting in, in when we were in Texas. Well, no, that, that day he says to me, there's a divine renovation. That's Father Mellon and Ron Huntley. Let's go meet him. I said, but he's going to walk up and say hi to yeah. him. Can't do no, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and then we sat at that table and you yeah, guys, yeah. boom, man, you guys didn't yeah. pull any punches. Like you are very forthcoming and earnest. Um, yeah, it was really fun to see. I could see fire in your eyes, focus, and really, like, right away, I thought, man, these guys are something else. Like, I really enjoyed that. Well, thank that. you. Yeah. And so that partnership that we've talked about that we're, that we're in and looking forward to continue to explore is just coming to, to light now. And so it's going to be a lot of fun, but it is a significant mm-hmm. shift in the way that I've experienced ministry in the past. 
and I'm so excited. So and when I'm in the U.S., the, you know, St. John the Evangelist is my church, and I'm going to be on the ground there several times throughout the year, and fully engaged in in the vision. And uh, and so I'm just I'm tickled pink, like it's going to be. And we're all we're all we're honored, excited, and ready to work. Yeah, real yeah. ready to go. Love yeah. that. So. Father, at what point did you realize? So you knew right away, but as that, like Khalil, like, hey, got a half an hour, make your decision. You're my guy. Get you in or you out. Uh, well, but- my instincts, my instincts told me he was the person, but as time unfolded, hmm. his qualities became super evident. Right. Uh, so it became easier and easier to trust. And in those areas where he lacked experience, mm-hmm. I had plenty of that. I've been ordained yeah. 40 years. Mm-hmm. So I would share my wisdom, my wisdom, yeah. my gift to give to him. And he's always been very respectful. We don't always agree, but we never walk away. Not on the same page. Not on the same page. Mm-hmm. What's that done to how you experience your priesthood? That's a good question. Would you okay. ask that? I didn't hear the question. No, it's okay. What, what has that done to how you experience your priesthood? Well, the, first of all, the stress is, is lifted. Um, I, don't, I don't go to bed feeling like it's my problem all the time. And this is, this is expanded. It's emanated from this relationship to other relationships on staff. So the level of, of my trusting that other people are in this with me, mm-hmm then just makes me feel. And then when I don't have all that stress and I don't have all that sense of responsibility, my prayer life has increased. My preaching has improved. Mm-hmm. You've uh, always been a good preacher, yeah, but I, I, I hope it's been proved because mm-hmm. I have more time now. I'm not so tied up with, I mean, he's doing all the administrative stuff um, and I'm staying out of it. Mm. And you know what? Parish is doing just well. It's doing better than ever has before. So I don't have to worry about that. And so my focus is spending more time being a priest, which is a gift, which I haven't had for years and years, especially being alone in a very active parish as the only priest. Give people a sense at home the size of your parish. Pre-COVID, like how many people would come to mass if you were to guess pre-COVID? We've our church is a pretty. We built a church that's huge. It seats twelve hundred people, so we probably have around three thousand, four thousand people a weekend. Mm-hmm. Then we're adjacent to the Shrine of Christ's Passion, so from spring until fall, we get over a quarter million visitors. So sometimes buses just pull up on Sunday mass. So <laughs> people from all over, our first visitors were from Japan and they didn't speak English, but and clearly they weren't Catholic, but they wanted pictures of everything. <laughs> so the shrine has been a blessing to us um, because of that, but we get a good number of people. attend. Yeah. That's amazing. So what have been some of your biggest struggles as you think about leadership and, and helping a parish uh, come to Christ and, and, and be mission-minded, like get engaged in, in the vision, what, what's been one of your biggest struggles? 
we again we 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 look at like three categories i don't know if this original or somebody else thought it might have been father mellon i don't know but we have what we call members club members we have believers and we have disciples Mm. And so the challenge has always been to move the club members to believers and believers to disciples. And we've been really our efforts more or less focus on the disciples Mm -hmm. and hope that that process begins to pull and it does more Mm -hmm. and more believers. One of the things I was reflecting on because we're hearing a lot of confessions Mm. and I've been here, this is really unique because most priests don't get this opportunity. I've been here 20 years. So I've been pastor for 20 years. So I, I have a perspective that my staff doesn't necessarily have because of the time. And where I see growth more than any place else is in the confessional. The, the, the type of things that, so people that I would least expect who don't get involved, who don't go to Alpha, who don't do any of the spiritual pro, but the message is sinking in because they're reflecting on that as they're making their confessions. And it's a really, and that's the other thing is that we have overwhelming number of confessions, Beautiful. overwhelming number of, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. It's a great problem to have, Yeah, but it keeps you busy. I mean, a lot of, lot of confessions, very mm-hmm. confessions three times a week with multiple priests. I'm only responsible for like half of those confessions. <laughs> 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 That's beautiful. Like you say, what a beautiful issue to to wrestle with. That is awesome. That's a mm-hmm. heart sold out for Jesus yeah. and the willingness to reflect and continue to come back to the source of life and love mm-hmm. with humility. That's just awesome. So cool. But so I want to cool. get back to that question because yeah. I think the other thing that if we look at where we've really struggled, it's getting the staff right. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of I cannot tell you how helpful the APEST has been to us. Describe that Especially, for people, because not all of our listeners will know what you mean. I'm sorry? Describe so not all of our listeners will know what that means. Well, APEST is, I'm not the best person to explain it, but it comes from Ephesians. It's with the spiritual gifts. And St. Paul says some are called to be apostles, some are called to be prophets, teachers, uh, shepherds. Mm-hmm. Evangelists. Um, yep. Evangelists, yeah. So. And so somebody has put this all together that has identified the gifts that you've been given. And with those gifts comes your shadow side. And that's where it's been most helpful for me. Mm-hmm. As a prophet, I just see things in black and white. Mm-hmm. I'm driven and there is carnage behind me <laughs> because I just say what I think mm-hmm. and why do I care what you feel? Because that's not my job. Yeah, you think of prophets in the Old Testament. What are they? They either run yeah. out of town or they're, yeah. they're killed. Yeah, but when the prophets are. As they say, there's a prophet. <laughs> the two things they have in a prophet, they're ignored or they're killed. <laughs> right. So, uh, but when the prophet's also the king, right? Because yeah, you're, yeah. you have the call. Like you're, you're, the, you're the boss. Yeah. You know, so prophet and king. That yeah, can so be, yeah. That is really, I, the example I like to use, we have uh, one person on staff who is a teacher. And so I come out of mass. That was a great story. You know, so just so people understand, if you're, you're standing up and you're celebrating mass and you have to preach, and ironically, the older you get, the harder that becomes, the more stressful that becomes. 
Um, especially now that TV cameras are watching you and you're, you know, yeah. you're too fat, you're whatever it is, <laughs> but you're, you're stress, you're stressed. So I come out of mass and immediately he comes up to me and says, you said the wrong gospel. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. He starts correcting me down line. Now, three years ago, that would have not been received well by me, but knowing that he's a teacher, what he was doing was offering me his gift. Mm-hmm. And understanding that he was offering me his gift mm-hmm. changed the way I felt hearing those things because they were all correct. I made those mistakes. So he, what he was doing was trying to make me better. And that's because he cares for me. Wow. So you see, and I, you could give many, many examples that we've discovered. We've been doing like once a month. Uh, we Spiritual staff. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? So once a month, we will get our staff together. And this kind of started uh, with the realization that one of our struggles kind of from my perspective, piggybacking off what father was saying, changing culture mm-hmm. and culture exists on many different fronts mm-hmm. and not only changing culture. So we had to find the right people who were going to align with our culture, character, our vision. But then once we have those people, are we pouring into them, right? Are we helping form them? Are we helping them kind of identify how they communicate their characteristics, but then how people around them communicate and identify, et cetera. And so it started with this desire to just pour into our people. And we started these spiritual staff formations once a month. It was also a good way for us to connect outside of work, but still have it be constructive. Um, And those evolved into, with your input, Ron, introducing the APES. And so if anyone's listening to this and, you're involved in church, you're leading in church, whatever, really look into APAS and bring that to your team because it helped shift and change our culture internally as well. Well, yeah, I'm actually using it in marriage counseling now. Uh, Really very, very helpful. That's how cool is that? That's the work from Alan Hirsch. And it really does bring alive. Um, It helps us to see things differently because in Ephesians chapter four, it just talks about growing in maturity so that we can be a blessing and you are God's blessing to the church. And so to be able to Mm -hmm. name that, claim that, lean into it and unleash it with generosity changes everything. And then that whole difference between mature and immature, because we can all be immature at times, whether we're not coping well that day, we're stressed, we're hungry, it doesn't matter what it is. It just helps us to take responsibility and uh, what a beautiful story and example of that mass that time, because yeah, that could go wrong in all kinds of different ways. I can't see many ways that would go well, unless you had the maturity and the insight to be able to appreciate somebody else's gift. I was telling this story to a group of priests this weekend (laughs) and a bishop and they interrupted me before I got to the (laughs) punchline. Yeah, how long did that guy last on your staff? <laughs> it was like immediately, like that was inappropriate. You should yeah. do this, and that's exactly how I would have felt about it if I had not been exposed to APAS. So, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Mm-hmm. Love that. So, Khalil, you know, when it comes to one of the biggest struggles that you've had to face, and again, leadership is about overcoming struggles. Like, so it's not abnormal. Like, we all will face troubles. And when we conquer one, there's going to be another one right behind it. So, you know, you can take that to the bank. But would, was culture, is that, is, would that have been yours as you were, or no? Just Honestly, and I think the greatest struggle I've been a part of here in trying to, to, to address and not to make this about me, mm-hmm. it has been me. And so I'm just mm, I'm thinking yeah. about that. 
that's the greatest struggle that I have to overcome and continue to overcome because we can have the greatest process for being a parish. We can have all the money in the world, which we don't. We can have all the facilities in the world, which we don't. We can have, I just go down the line. But if I'm not convicted as a disciple, if I don't actually believe what we're about, and if I don't want to introduce people to Jesus and to draw them into that relationship, it's all for nothing, right? It doesn't mean a thing. And so that's kind of been the greatest struggle. And so whether we're talking about staff, am I being the best version of myself in that situation when I'm talking about how we vision, how, whatever it is, it's like, are, am I being authentic in my relationship with Jesus? And am I sharing that with other people? And so that's been the greatest struggle. And that's what helps change culture. Culture is kind of an abstract thing, but culture is about people. Mm-hmm. And so I can't expect other people to change if I'm not changing first. And, and part of that, is, is piggybacked onto that, is that culture of prayer. Mm-hmm. So if we're leading and we're saying we need prayer, then you've got to stop right there and pray. And you've yeah. got to learn. So we've even got us. We've got a system that we're teaching the whole staff of a format for prayer because it's not easy for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing the same. We use the same format in all our prayers together and encouraging our staff to start praying with parishioners who come and say, I'm have, you know, my, this problem or that problem. Well, let's pray. Mm-hmm. And so we use the same. Calling down the spirit, giving yeah. thanks to God, yeah. making your petitions, right? Just kind of modeling prayer for other people. Right. How cool is that? You know what's so fun too, Khalil, hearing you talk like that. Like, let's go back to your title, Pastoral Associate for Administration. Well, that sounds very pastoral. So why do you give a rip about it? Shouldn't you just be focusing on tasks and buildings and bills and stuff? No, Jesus is primary for you on the administration side. Like, I just want to get a loudspeaker and tell every administrator in the world, like, don't leave relationship with Christ to the people on the pastoral side. It's like, no, that's your number one priority. Like that's, that's integrity. That drives everything else. It has to speak in everything else. And uh, going back to what we're that, the whole bit about father and myself, it's not about father and myself. It's not about father James and you. What we have is special, but it's not unique. It's not exclusive. It really should take hold across the world in our churches. Mm. And that's Father can't in 2021 and beyond, he can't be expected. And we shouldn't ask him to be CEO, CFO, CIO, HR coordinator, maintenance guy. I mean, again, keep going down the list. And, but there are people that he can surround himself with that can help carry those responsibilities, but do it in such a way that I understand its vocation. Mm. Right. I'm not sitting on a server, you know, trying to fix our network just to now I understand that that's how we can right? I'm doing it out of this place of mission. It helps the mission move forward. And so if anybody takes anything away from, I guess, from my perspective, that dialogue about what we have, it's that we've got to do this together. We've got to do it in such a way that you're inviting talented people, you're equipping them, you're forming them and you're trusting them. That's what's so important. You're trusting them with the mission that's been entrusted to you. And you're, you're just kind of letting them do their thing, letting the spirit work through them. That's one side of it. I do want to say this other thing, though, since we're talking about this. And I don't know who your audience is, uh, so I'll just say this anyway. We have when to... You smile, I get nervous. Yeah, I know. I get nervous, too, because I don't know what's coming. <laughs> he knows me. Yeah, I get nervous, too, but I'll say it anyway. 
I love our bishops, right? I, I, with my heart, because I'm a son of the church. I love our priests with my heart because I'm a son of the church. The church has to change, right? Amen. That doesn't mean we lose who we are. But what I'm saying is you, me, we've got Mike who's running the cameras behind, you know, behind screens. We've got Bob. We've got Allison. We've got Natalie. We've got so many people on, on staff who want to give their gifts up in service of the church and of gospel living. There has to be a path forward for us to be able to make this a career, right? Not to turn this into a profession where it's sterile, but to be able to think of, okay, what do I want to do when I grow up? I want to go work for the church. I want to become somebody who moves mission forward. I want to put my talents, if I'm a graphic designer, one of my options should be, what's my local church doing and how can I get involved and make that a career where I can have a family, I can have a life, I can have a future. We're not doing that very well. I think we're waking up to it. I think a lot of our ministries in the church, Word on Fire, Dynamic Catholic, Ascension, they're, they're paving the way, but I'd love to see our churches pick that mantle up as well and, and make a space for us because we want to be a part of this. And that's where priests and bishops have to really do some soul searching and change the direction that we're going just because we've done it this way all the time. We, we did a podcast with some young priests here recently, and I talked about when you begin to share this ministry, then you have to also understand you can't, you can't micromanage. It's not like you've got extra hands here to do your will. You're engaged in a collaboration, and it will not come out the way you thought it should if you were doing it yourself. And guess what? My dear brother priests, almost always it's better. Amen. Amen. So we have to, I agree 100%, we have to change. We have to let go of this. You know, it's really a form of clericalism. And we have to be careful because lay people can be just as clerical as priests can. Amen. And so nobody gets to control anything. Mm -hmm. And we're all in this together. We all work towards the same mission. We don't want these silos where this is my department, your department. We're all working to get the same thing done, and that is to bring people to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. What a great place to begin to wind up. I just want to encourage anyone who's listening that, you know, because clearly this is a church in the U.S., they're a big church, they have a big staff, and there's so many churches in other parts of the world where it literally is just the priest. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I worked within the church just pouring out my love and service in my volunteer time for years, probably yeah. 15 years before I ever uh, pulled in any type of income from a church. And so I guarantee you, your pews are filled with people with capacity in a heart to build the kingdom of God, no matter how small your church is, no matter where you are in the world. And yes, if you're in a place that does have more resources and more population and those opportunities apply, then that's possible. But it's possible no matter what these same mm -hmm. principles apply. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Before I let you go, how can people connect with some of your platforms? Because if I'm listening, I'm thinking, I want to connect with these guys. I want to see what they look like. I want to see what they're doing. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, we'd love to. Uh, Mike's the guy who usually does this for us on our podcast. So, Mike, if I do it wrong, just punch me. <laughs> so you can find us at sjeplus.org or stjohnparish.org. And then we're also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter at 
SJE Plus or St. John Parish. So go to either one and you'll find us. What kinds of things will they find? I heard you mention podcasts. What other things do you do? <laughs> go ahead. A cooking show. <laughs> well, there's an amazing cook. I wanted you yeah, to say yeah, that. Yeah, That's awesome. Cooking show, but um, we have the podcast. There's a series of uh, talks um, that we have that's available. Uh, we want to invite people to like experience our mass. Mm-hmm. So our Sunday experience is prominently displayed on there. Our content, we try to do foundational, formative, and fun stuff. So we do have the cooking show, which kind of the, our approach is like to cast the widest net possible. And so that'll bring people in that are just looking for a recipe. And maybe they'll go down the rabbit hole and get to know us a little bit more. Father's got a couple of his talks on there. Um, we also have talks from some of our pastoral associates, really just engaging content, scripture reflection, stuff like that. Um, feel free to send us suggestions as well. If you see something that inspires you, hey, would you guys speak on X, Y, or Z? Let us know. Shoot us an email. Contact us. We're always happy to share everything that we have. Everything. Yeah. And uh, we're always willing to have a conversation. We're all about helping the church do something great for God. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. I am so looking forward to this next chapter of life. I know we're going to have a blast. Thanks for having us, Ron. All right. Thanks, Ron. I don't know about you, but I loved hearing the impact the relationship Father Sammy has with Khalil has made in Father Sammy's priesthood. My hope is that every church, every pastor will find their Khalil. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.